0: Um, Today's message is entitled The Spiritual Life. We're closing that series possibly today with this last sermon. And we've been talking about what it looks like to be led by the Spirit of God. We know that in order to be led by God, we must realize that our hearts are not worth trusting. So never trust in your own way because there's a way that seems right, but that way leads to death. So you think you know what's right, and the only way the reason you think you know what's right is because we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we think we know what's good for ourselves, but it's always wrong, and it always leads to death. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's God. I'll say that again. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's God. Okay? So it's very important that we don't trust our own heart. We also learn that there's a higher way. Can you say higher way? So praise God. That's one of the the words the Holy Spirit released in in that, that awesome time of worship we just had. That he's taking us to a higher place. Setting our feet in a higher place so we can walk above all the opposition of the enemy. I don't know if any of you have ever been on an airplane before, but you fly high above the clouds. So even if there's a storm going on on the earth, it's still blue skies where you are. And that's exactly where God is taking us right now if we're willing to surrender and submit ourselves to him. We've also learned that Jesus is the way. He is the way that leads us into the spiritual life that we desire to live. And finally, we're going to be checking today for a pulse. Anything that's alive should have a pulse. And that goes for your spiritual life as well. Is there overwhelming evidence that the spirit of Jesus Christ is living a new life in you. Let's remove all doubts. Let's bow our heads. Father, I humble myself to you in this moment, and I ask God that you would move Damien Tibbs out of the way. I give you my heart. I give you my mouth. I give you my mind, my body. I pray that the Holy Spirit would use me in this moment to feed the people of God his sheep, God. I pray that your anointing would be upon me and the listeners as well. Whether they are listening in the building or online or on a podcast, I pray, God, that an anointing would come over them, that their ears would be open to hear the truth, and their eyes would be open as well to see where you're taking us. Lord, may we have a pulse. Anything that's alive has a pulse. There's a sign of life. And what we're looking for as we conclude this message in the triumph of the spiritual life, if we have the spirit, is there a pulse in us that says God lives here? Help me to give this word to your people. Help them to receive it. May I only say what you are saying. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, you know I like acronyms. So, life at this church stands for love, identity, faith, eternal purpose. Rest stands for revelation, empowerment, strategy and triumph. We've got focus which stands for freedom of of choice under stress. We've got lean which stands for love um, and, and trust, anticipate and then now don't move. Now stay there. And now we've got a way to check for a pulse. And the way that we check for a pulse is there's five different ways that we can do that. And the first way we check for a pulse is to say, am I experiencing in my life product, production and power? Church, can you say this with me? Production, production. And, power. and power. This is how you tell if you've got a pulse. If Jesus Christ is living on the inside of you, there should be production going on and there should be power. If you don't have production and you don't have power, either Jesus Christ doesn't live inside of you or the enemy is playing a game that some of us used to play on each other when we used to drink out of garden hoses. Anybody ever drink out of garden hoses? I know that's old school and some of you thinking, ugh. But when mom said, don't come back in this house and you can't go get cups of water for the neighborhood, then you found a way to drink out that garden hose, right? But every once in a while, if the hose was long and your friends wanted to play a trick on you, somebody would put a kink in it. And then the person drinking would be like, oh, man, I'm already thirsty, what's going on? And then they let go and pfft. So there's two reasons not to have the spirit of God living in you and not have the evidence. Number one, he doesn't live in you at all. Or number two, there's a kink in the line. The enemy is oppressing you and depressing you. And the spirit, the living water is not freely flowing in your life because either God's not there or there's a kink in the line. And the first step of knowing that there's a pulse is there should be production and there should be power. So the question we must first ask ourselves relates to the production, and we must ask ourselves this. Are we connected to the vine? Say this with me. Lord, am I connected to the vine? We're going to John 15, beginning in verse 1, and it says this. And this is Jesus talking. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. So here's another reason the Bible is telling us if you're not producing fruit, it could be that you've been cut off. But my prayer is that that's none of you because you're here in the building now. You're seeking after God. But that would be one reason to know that we are not connected to the vine because we've been cut off, okay? He says he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. So if you're not producing fruit, it says that you are not connected to Jesus Christ. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Can you say ouch? Sometimes God cuts on you. And it's not because you're in trouble. It's not because he's mad at you. It's not because you're under his discipline or correction, although those things could happen. The reason God cuts on our lives is because we're already fruitful. And the reason he has to cut us is so that we can even produce more fruit, okay? Verse 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So... The more, this is good, the more you stay in the Bible, the more fruitful your life will be. How do we know? Because he says that the way that he cuts and prunes us in verse three is this way. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So the instructions we're receiving this morning about being fruitful and connected to the vine is we have a choice. If you remain in God, he will remain in you. And then you'll be fruitful. Verse 5 continues, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Say this with me, church. I I am a branch. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say on occasion it says that we will produce much fruit so the question we have to ask ourselves to see if we have a pulse if god is living in this body if he is the lord of our lives is are we fruitful and are we producing much fruit okay those who remain in me and i and them produce much fruit from for apart from me you can do nothing Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. So at my house, we've got a lot of trees on the property, and every time there's any kind of wind, branches fall all over the place. Listen, I don't immediately burn them, but I stockpile them for the burn. This is the same way that God will do it at the end. We don't immediately get burned, but he's going to stockpile us. And so that when we do not remain in him and we are severed, when we want nothing to do with God, when we refuse to be fruitful, yes, we're still alive. But we're in a pile, a pile that will be set apart for destruction, because in the end, we're going to be separated. There'll be goats and there'll be sheep. The goats are the branches that will be burned with everlasting fire and the sheep are those who remained in him who will be with him forever. Listen to me right now, right where you sit, you are already a goat or you are already a sheep. There's no hybrids. There's no half goat, half sheep running out there. All right. There's no hybrids. So you either a goat right now or you a sheep right now and his sheep hear his voice. And his sheep have been born again. And his sheep obey him and love him as well. Let's continue. Verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Well, God, I want a Lamborghini. You know what? If I'm really connected to God, I wouldn't even ask for that. That's how we twist scripture. And say, the scripture says, if I ask for anything, he'll give it to me. No, he says that if you are in him and his word is in you, then you can ask for anything and it will be given to you. For me to ask for a Lamborghini is strictly pride. And if I'm in him and he's in me, I'm not asking for a Lamborghini. All right, I don't know how to spell Lamborghini. All right, let's keep going. Verse eight, when you produce much fruit, Man, this is Jesus talking, you all. This is the pulse. This is how we know. Do we have the life of Christ in us? He says this, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. So the first question we have to answer, are we connected to the vine? So are we headed for hell or heaven? Is the spirit of God in us or is the spirit of the devil, the little GOD of this world, in us. Are we obedient to God and the sons and daughters of Him, or are we obedient to Satan and all we live for is sin and lust? If we're connected to the vine, it means that we are fruitful and we are His disciples and it brings great glory to the Father. Are you connected to the vine? The next question we must ask is this it talks about being fruitful. So, what is the fruit? Of God, what is the fruit He's looking for us to be producing in abundance? Can you say producing Producing. the P in checking the pulse if God lives in you or not? You should be producing fruit, okay? So, what is that fruit? Um, Galatians chapter 5. Verses 22 through 23. When I used to grow a garden, my favorite part of growing a garden, and I know we've got some gardeners here uh, in the building, Brandy and Angie um, and some others. Um, My favorite part of gardening, well, I don't wanna stand up here and lie. My favorite part of gardening was fried green tomatoes. My second favorite part was giving away the, the stuff that the garden grew. Man, it's so fun to give away those big tomatoes or big squash or whatever. It was so joyous to give away the fruit. So the beauty of having a garden, the beauty of having an abundance. Can you say abundance? Abundance. The beauty of having an abundance of fruit is that you get to give it away. Because what happens when you don't give it away? It rots or it goes bad. And I wasn't old school or smart enough to know how to can or do any of those things. So the best part about having an abundance of fruit is giving it away. Galatians 5, through 23 tells us what the fruit is. So listen to me. Do you have the fruit of the spirit? Is God producing in you his fruit? The first P of Paul's is there should be evidence of the production of fruit in our lives and here is the fruit. But the Holy Spirit produces can you say produces Produces. so that's proof that pulse and production are connected so if we are connected to God we have his pulse there should be evidence that we are producing the holy that he is producing rather the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives okay so it's time to inspect your life to see if you have this kind of fruit and is it in abundance So, don't just tell me you have love, but you're not giving it away. Because whatever you have in abundance, you can give it away. All right? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love. When I say it, you say it. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self control. All of those fruit, if God lives in us, all of that fruit should be being produced by the Holy Spirit in, in, in uh, abundance. Now, let's be honest. How many of us say, you know what? Out of that list, I need some more fruit in some areas of my life. I will call you out so fast if you don't raise your hand. Every single one of you need to have your hand up because we can all do better in some of those areas. So any area where the fruit of the spirit is not in abundance, we need to be saying, Lord, please help my production. Help me to surrender in this moment. And ooh, do I have to say that? Mm. Pride will have you thinking that you're so all together in God that you don't need any more of the fruit. We got to guard our lives of pride. All right. And it says there is no law against these things. So, man, I was reading a book this week, uh, uh, listening to a book called Adam Loves Eve. Men get that book. It's for men only. Adam Loves Eve. It's a wonderful book about marriage and it talks about how the only person that really knows how Christian you are is the people that live in your house. Woo! So, I'm saying, man, so as you look at the fruit of the spirit, Do I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control towards my wife and my children, the ones who really know who I am? That's where the fruit needs to be in abundance. So can you say amen? Amen. All right. The second thing that we need to uh, establish is this. Are you a powerful witness for God? If you have a pulse, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and so listen, listen. If I put my fingers right here, I can feel my pulse, okay? But, uh, come here quickly, brother. Put your hand on my heart. If God lives in me, the people I come into contact with should feel his pulse. They should sense his spirit. They should, they should be able to receive the fruit of the spirit from me. They should be, be able to receive patience and joy and kindness and all of those things. Shake your head yes and you feel all that in there. Oh, thank you, brother. Let's give them a hand. When we have the pulse of God, the spirit of God in us, the second P is power. Can you say Power. So the first P was produce production, now the second P is power, and this second P scares people. This second P, if you've got a religious mindset or you've come out of certain denominations, they told you that this second P isn't evident in this world today anymore. They told you that this was for the olden days. This was just for the apostles. This kind of power is not for today's church. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you a powerful witness? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. But you will will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, until the ends of the earth. So church, as we check our pulses today, we have to determine whether or not we are powerful witnesses. So if the Holy Spirit lives in us, we should be telling people about Jesus everywhere. I knew that was going to be a soft one. I knew that was not going to be a strong amen. Because for some reason, I know what it is, the spirit of fear. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us the P word. Power, love, and a sound mind. Say this with me. Lord, I reject the spirit of fear and I receive your power, your love, and your sound mind. I am. A powerful witness for Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. So the word of God says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So listen, some of us as we go through this list, some of you will have a strong heart rate. Okay, it'll look good. But on other things we talk about, it'll just be a bleep on the screen. It won't be flatline, but there'll be just a bleep. So when we come across one that's just a bleep, I want you to pray and say, "Lord, make me fully alive in this area." I want your pulse. Let's go to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. We're still talking about power. Can you say power? power. Say this with me: I am not afraid, I am not afraid. of the power of, God. power of God. One more time: I am not afraid. Power. Of the power of, God. the power of God. Now, listen to this Mark 16, 15 through 18. And then he told them, This is Jesus. Remember, we talked about the going God the last time I preached to you? Stacy, again, thank you for the beautiful message last week. Let's give Stacy a hand. Thank you so much. Mark 16, 15 through 18, and he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Well, how are we going to do that? Remember, the first sign of power we just saw was the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he makes us powerful witnesses. So now God is saying, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs, can you say miraculous signs? signs. That's what we are praying doing worship. Signs, wonders, and miracles. These miraculous signs will accompany just the pastors. Thank you for catching that. Your Bible does not say that. The Bible says, anyone, these miraculous will accompany, accompany those who believe so if you have faith then the power accompanies you all right here's what they can do they will cast out demons in my name listen demons are real and they are on this earth right now remember when satan was evicted from heaven and a third of heaven went with him there are your demonic powers and they are in the earth and they are real but you are not to fear them at all. Zero fear of them because the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. He said behold I saw Satan falling as lightning. So he has fallen to the earth and God has given the sons of God power over the enemy. Can you say power? Power. That's what today's church lacks. We lack power. And that is why the enemy runs rampant in our houses and in our lives and in our country because we're scared of the power. The enemy has made us scared of God's power, but comfortable with demonic power. That's why there's witches all over your television screens. That's why there's demonic music everywhere and it doesn't bother us. That's why we can sit and watch movies with cussing and nudity and all these things and they don't it doesn't bother us at all because the power of the enemy has become so common that we don't fear the enemy's power anymore but we fear God's power. That's backwards. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would reverse this in your ecclesia, your true church, the called out ones, God. May we not resist the power of God. May we not just have a form of godliness and deny the power. We refuse to deny your power. It is by your power that we have been saved. It is by your power that we have been kept. And it's by your power that we push your kingdom forward and darkness moves. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a big amen. 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 So, these miraculous signs will follow those who believe, say power. power. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. Some of you are scared of that. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. We're not going there, but if a snake did bite you or if you did have to move a snake, you could move it with power, all right? So I'm not saying that uh, we particularly believe in, the, in snake handling and all that kind of... No, that's a little wacky, all right? That's wacky for me, uh, uh, and I'm not gonna apologize. That's my, my belief. I think that's wacky, all right? But Paul, when he landed on an island... And was putting gathering sticks, a venomous snake grabbed, bit him, right? And the people there were looking at him, just waiting for him to die. Because everybody that had been bit previously by that snake always died. But what did Paul do? He shook that snake back into the fire, and then they begin to praise Paul. And they said, No, don't praise me, praise God. So the snakes, listen, the snakes that we are able to handle are truly demonic powers. So when demonic powers comes against us, we can shake them off of our lives and send it right back to hell because no assignment or weapon of the enemy shall prosper against us. Say amen. amen. You need this power because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. You need the power of God. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick And they will be healed. Now, we called up uh, our our, our sister Nikki today. And she came and we put our hands on her and we prayed. And we fully believe in Jesus' name that she is healed. Do you believe that, sister? I, I know that you do. Because it's not our power. It's God's power. And when we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover because Jesus did it. And the word, your Bible says, as Jesus was in this world, so are we. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, we're to the letter U. All right, so what does the U mean if we're checking our pulse? Is there unity with Christ and his body? So the question we must ask ourselves is this, have you been raised from the deadness of sin and united with him? Have you walked away completely? Have you rejected the sinful life? Are you no longer living a sinful lifestyle? Yes, we sin sometimes. We all fall short of the glory of God. But none of us who call themselves the children of God should be living a lifestyle of sin. Just constantly, always sinning. All right? That's not our the life that God has called us to. So, are we unified with Christ? Ephesians chapter 2 verses 6 through 7 say this. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Can you say higher? Higher. That's what he spoke to us during the worship time. He's taking us higher. Here's how high we can go. He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we are united with Christ Jesus. So listen. I went to South Carolina last week, and my kids went to South Carolina last week, and my wife went to South Carolina last week. Why? Because they're united with me. And wherever I go, they go. So the reason that we are in higher places or we are in heavenly places with Christ Jesus is because we've been united with him. I'm telling you, we are strong. I'm telling you, we are powerful. I'm telling you that no weapon formed against his church can prosper because we are not separated from him. Yes, he's in heaven in in spirit, but we are with him as well in spirit. Amen. Let's continue. Verse seven. This is the reason he's done that, united us with him, uh, taking us to heavenly places. Here's why. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples. Say this with me. I am an example. He's done it so that he can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with christ jesus are you united with christ do you have a pulse all right so the second thing we must ask ourselves is this and this the the devil fights this so hard in every church are you living in unity with other believers are you living in unity with other believers remember how i told you some of the things I talk about, the heartbeat would be strong. And some of the things I talk about, there would be just a little bleep. Okay? So, Father, I resist the power of Satan as it relates to unity in the body of Christ. May love replace all bitterness. May love replace all offenses right now in the name of Jesus. May the blood and the love of Jesus Christ flow freely through all believers. Everywhere the Satan is kinking the hose, we rebuke you, Satan. Take your hands off of us and allow the love of God to flow freely through the entire body of Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. Are you living in unity with other believers? Ephesians 2 and 19. So now... You Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. So we're united with others, other believers. You are members of God's family. Wow, all of us, white, black, Mexican, doesn't matter. We're all members of God's family. Together, can you say together? together? Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. So we are where God lives. And just because you have an attitude with somebody doesn't mean that God doesn't live in them. We are the house of God. Not this building but God's people. We are where God lives. So, just be careful what you say about God's people. Be careful how you treat God's body. None of you would go home and cut off your foot. Even if you stubbed your toe, you would say, you know what? This toe is hurting me, but I'm going to keep it because I like it. I've grown used to having toes. All right? Just because somebody in the body of Christ hurts you, you don't try to cut them off because they're still the body. What has to happen is God has to bring healing to that issue. So you say, Lord, help me with this issue. Help me to biblically biblically restore this relationship so that we can remain the church. Church, can you say we? We. Can you shout we? We. Say this with me. We are are. The the body of Christ. We And listen, that we doesn't just mean new life. That we means Lima First. And that we means Calvary Church. And that we means churches all over the place, all right? We are the we. We're not the only ones of uh, the only fold that Jesus has. He has other folds as well. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 4. Let's check our pulse. Let's see if the Spirit of God really lives in us. Is there unity among other believers? Ephesians 4, 2, 4 tells us how we ought to live and ought to treat each other. Check your pulse. Do you have life in these areas? Is God controlling your friendships and relationships? Is God even controlling uh, the way that you treat people that have hurt you? Listen to what he says. Always. How often? Always. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So, I know I use you all the time, but you're the closest, okay? So listen, I have enough love for this brother that even if he hurt my feelings, even if he talked about me behind my back, the love I have for him will give him an allowance. Can you say allowance? Some of you begged for an allowance from your parents when you were growing up, and they told you your allowance is those lights that come on when you turn them on. Your allowance is that water that comes on when you take a bath. That's your allowance, okay? But what we're talking about here is the allowance of love. Can you say allowance of love? Allowance of love. We have to love people so strongly that even when they hurt us, there is an allowance for that. I've I allowed that to happen. I didn't permit it, but I allow it. And you know what? I'm not going to allow. I'm not going to lie on the fence. I'm not going to allow this thing that you've done because I know it wasn't you. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. That's what the enemy tries to make us to do. So if he stumbles in the sin and does something against me, it wasn't truly him. It was the enemy. So I make an allowance for love. And you know, do you know what kind of allowance you should give people? The same kind of allowance that you asked for your parents for. You didn't ask for a penny, right? You went big, didn't you? Or some of you said, I know not to ask for anything. But if you were allowed to ask, you would have asked for a great amount, right? So the kind of allowance I give this brother is the kind of allowance I would want from him. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's how love works. Love others how? The way that you love yourself. Amen? Amen. Man, that was a hard topic to preach on right there. Okay, let's keep going. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. There's that unity and it's in the spirit. Oh man, I said something on Facebook this week uh, and God has really brought me deliverance and I think it's going to bless you all uh, too. Listen, listen to this. You don't have to like everybody, but you do have to love them. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're not going to like everybody, even the body of Christ. You're not going to like them. For particular reasons, you just don't, mm, we're just too different. We're oil and water. We just, but I still love you. Stop trying to like people first. The reason some of you don't get along is you're too busy trying to like each other and you're too different to like each other. Start with love. You know what? I just love you because you're a child of God and I don't have to like you to love you. Another hard topic to preach on, but it's truth anyway stop trying to say i don't like this person because of this or that and make an allowance give them an allowance for those differences and love them anyhow let's keep going verse four for there is one body one spirit just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future all right let's speed this up we're to letter l now And the pulse that we're trying to determine with the letter L is, are we being led by his spirit? So the first thing you need to ask yourself, if God lives in you, number one, have you experienced a second birth? Have you even been born again? John 3, 3 through 8 say this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. Humans can only reproduce human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Remember, that's the whole name of the series. And we're trying to determine if we have a pulse, if God really lives in us. And the way that that even happens is verse 7 don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The next question we must ask ourselves is this, and this is a good one Are your thoughts being dominated or controlled? Are your thoughts, this is how you t- tell if the Holy Spirit really lives in you or not and has the authority and power and lordship to live there, is this. Are your thoughts dominated by sin or controlled by the Holy Spirit? Are you always thinking about sin? Are your thoughts just dominated by sinful things or are your thoughts controlled by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this Romans 8 5 Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace So Father I pray every waking moment that we have that we would guard our thoughts and we would know whether or not we're being dominated by our old carnful and sinful nature or God, our thoughts are being controlled by your Holy Spirit. The sinful nature dominates. The Holy Spirit controls, leads, restrains, guides, directs, teaches but sin just dominates so father we pray that we would no longer be dominated by sinful thoughts or the carnal nature but we will be led by and controlled by your Holy Spirit in Jesus name amen. amen that's how you check the pulse of that finally well I guess there's one more sacrifice and obedience as we check the pulse of our lives. Have you given the use of your bodily body totally to God? Romans 12 says, and one says this, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. And we heard uh, Nikki's testimony. Can we give her a hand again for that wonderful testimony that she shared And she said, you know what? My body has been wrecked with different sicknesses and illnesses over the years, but I still give this body to God. And that's what sacrifice looks like. And that's how we determine the pulse of the Holy Spirit in us. Have we given our bodies to God? And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. The next way we find out is obedience, because it's sacrifice and obedience. So the question we must ask ourselves is, do you know how to love the Lord in the way that he requires? John 14:15 through 17 say this. If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world could not receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. And that later time has come. Now, finally, we've reached the last letter and pulse, which is eternal purpose. And the question we must ask ourselves is this. Have you accepted God's good plan for your life or are you still trying to live the best life you can without God? The purpose that God has for our life is found right here in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 9 through 14 and this is our closing passage. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes Everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring him praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, which is us, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee. So if you've got a pulse today, that means the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And this is also a a proof of purchase or a guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Now, for those that were watching online and even some of the building today, you might have wondered, why in the world are these people praising God like this? Why are we not going through all the songs that they were supposed to sing? We only sang one song. Why are these people lifting their hands? Why are they jumping? Why are they crying? Why are they kneeling? The word says he did this so we would praise and glorify Him. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Pulse. Anything that's alive, that has a heart, should have a pulse. And today we've talked about what it looks like to have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. There should be power and there should be the production of fruit. There should be unity in Christ and with other believers. There should be a leading of the Holy Spirit. There should be sacrifice and obedience. And finally, there should be the eternal purpose, God's good plan at work in our lives. And if your life looks nothing like this, it means you have no pulse. It means that you are spiritually dead. There's only two reasons to be spiritually dead or dying. Number one, you've never been born again or you have backslid and you are actively rejecting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want to pray for both of you today. Father, I lift, Father God, those that have a pulse to you today. May we not only be alive, but fully alive. May all of these principles that we've seen P through E, God. May they be the evidence to the world and to heaven as well that we are alive in Christ and that Christ is alive in us. And now I pray for the sinners in this room and watching online and the backsliders as well. God, before it is everlasting too late, would you give them a heart of repentance Would you call them out of darkness into your marvelous light? Would you give them beauty for ashes? Would you give them life for death and light for darkness? Holy Spirit, if today is the day of salvation for anyone here, God, would you loose them from darkness so they may freely receive you as Savior? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.